Open your Bibles with me to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 14. Wasn't it amazing this morning to see the description of the culture, what the, what the worldview of the modern Western world looks like, and then to see it written 2,000 years ago, point by point by point. What a great God we have. It's just wonderful to be able to trust God's Word and to see it. Now, our, our theme for this year is continue. So, you have Acts there. Go with me to our, to our theme verse, 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14. We'll come back to the book of Acts. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And let's look at verse 13 first. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So the theme for our year is let's just continue. Let's let's continue in the things that we've learned, that we've been assured of, knowing of whom we have learned them. And we've learned them from the Word of God, from the Holy Spirit. We've learned them from godly teachers who've gone before us. Amen? Let's just be assured. Let's just continue in them. I don't want us to stay where we've been. I want us to move ahead, grow in the Lord, in the knowledge of His grace. Now, go with me to Acts 14. And I want us to look at how the Apostle Paul continued. How did he do this? So let's start reading in Acts chapter 14 and look at verse 20. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. All right. So what happened at Derbe? And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. And that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained the elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. Or Pamphylia. And when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia. And then sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them, and how He had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode long time with the disciples. Dear Lord, help us as we study Your Word tonight. Help us to see just what it means to continue in ministry. In Jesus' name, Amen. The first thing that I want you to see is when you are going to continue in ministry, you return to the place of service. You return to the place where you have already ministered. Continuing isn't necessarily kicking off something new. Amen? It's continuing, going back to the place where you had previously served. Look at what it says in verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, what's it say? They returned again to Lystra to Iconium and Antioch. They had already preached the gospel there. They had already ministered there. 
So part of continuing is just going back to where you've been. I'm thankful for people that teach a Sunday school class year after year. They're faithful. They just serve year after year after year. Praise the Lord for that. I'm thankful for Bill Hovestrite, who preached here for 46 years. He returned to his place of service year after year after year. Faithful year after year after year. That's part of serving the Lord. That's what it means to continue. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to come back next week and do it again. We're just going to continue. Going back to the place of service and doing it again. Then look at what it says. Look with me in verse 22. Confirming the souls of the disciples. Confirming the souls of the disciples. So to continue in ministry, we go back to where we've served, but we also confirm those who have been served already. What does it mean to confirm? Look at what it says. And they confirmed, confirming the souls of the disciples. Now, how many of you have heard of someone going through a confirmation class? Okay, so what we do is we have these young people, and when they're just little, we baptize them. Then when they get to 12 or 13, we make sure they know why they were baptized. Is that what we do? <laughs> we strengthen them. We, we make sure, now just to make sure that we, we don't baptize babies. Amen? They've got to know what they're doing. We can baptize a young person, but they need to know why they're being baptized. After they followed the Lord in salvation, then they follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Their baptism doesn't have anything to do with their salvation. What does it mean to confirm their souls? It means to establish them in the faith. Let's, let's look at an example of it. Let's look at an example of it. Go to 1 John chapter 2. Keep your place in Acts, but go to 1 John chapter 2. Verse 14. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 14. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. You know, uh, I, I have had to encourage people in the faith before. There are people that their, their faith becomes weak, and they, say, they wonder, can God really use me? Is God through with me? Am I finished? Of course God's not. Are you breathing? If you're breathing, then God is not done with you. If, if you have been born again, He is going to complete the work that He started in you. He is faithful to do that. So what is the job of the minister? What is the job of the believer who's going to continue in the work of the Lord? What's their job? To confirm the souls. So here's the idea. Here's the idea. You have a young man. Come here, Jake. You have a young man that's gotten saved. Here's how you confirm it. Hey, do you remember when you asked Jesus Christ to save you? Yes. Do, you think, do you think he saved you? Mm -hmm. So when Jesus said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When he had the Apostle Paul write that, did he mean that? Yes. He meant it. So did you call the name of the Lord? Yes, I did. Then if you died, where would you go? Heaven. Why? Because I called upon the name of the Lord. That, and Jesus told you that, right? Yes. It's confirmed in your heart. You asked Jesus Christ to save you. You believed in your heart the Lord Jesus. You confessed with your mouth and you are saved. That's an awesome thing, isn't it? So even when you forget it, Jesus hasn't forgotten it. 
Is that right? Thanks, Jake. What is that? That's confirming their souls. Now, big difference. Big difference. All right? A young person comes to me and says, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved. Well, Jake, don't you remember when you were four, you prayed. I remember. I was there. You prayed that. You're saved. Don't worry about it. That's a bad move, isn't it? Uh, listen, don't ever try to talk somebody into their salvation. We can, that's not what confirming their souls is. The Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Make your calling and election sure. Make sure that you're saved. But once you're saved, understand Jesus Christ isn't going to let you go. Confirming their souls. Establishing them in the faith. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what it means to continue in ministry. Build them up. Build them up. Confirm those being saved. And then what are we going to do? What does it mean to continue? How did the Apostle Paul continue? He returned to the place of service and served again. And then he confirmed the souls of those who had been saved. And then he exhorts them to continue. He exhorts them to continue. Look at what it says in verse 21. Verse, uh, oh, I'm in the wrong chapter. That'll help me. Back to Acts 14. Look at verse 22. Look at what it says. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. Exhorting them to continue in the faith. So here's how the process works. In order for the ministry to carry on, here's God's plan. God's plan is for me to continue, to go back to the place of service, to keep building, to keep serving, keep ministering, keep giving myself. Is that right? That's what I'm supposed to do. And then what I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to encourage Brother Farrier to continue. Amen. Keep, keep serving the Lord. Hey, Dan, keep, you, you go too. Come on, let's go together. Dan, let's keep moving. Ed, let's keep moving. Patrick, I wish you'd start. So the idea is to continue. I am going to continue. And then I'm going to exhort others to continue. Now, how many of you recognize that's my job? It's your job too. So here's my question to you. Here's my question. Are you ready to return to the place of service? And keep going. Do it again. Minister again. Are you ready to do that? Secondly, secondly, are you prepared to confirm the souls of those that you've ministered to? Are you doing that? Are you continuing in that? And then are you exhorting someone else to continue? How many of you know people that, that have kind of fallen by the wayside in the, in the work of the Lord? What do we need to do? We need to go to them and exhort them to continue. We've got to go back to them again. You know, I've noticed that and it's through the holidays and people are, be, are sick. So I don't want to make light of that. How many of you know people that are sick that go to our church and that you work with? And well, There's a lot of sickness right now. But there are people that are beginning to fall away from a Wednesday night, from a, when, from, a, from a Sunday night. They're falling away from a Sunday school class. Remember we talked this morning about some folks who have never begun getting involved in adult class or some people who have never begun coming to the Bible study or whatever. That would be a good next step for them. Amen? But there are other people who have started doing those things. They had been doing those things and they're falling away. We need to confirm their souls and exhort them to continue, listen, in the faith. Because here's what happens. Here's what people do. People stop serving the Lord. 
They stop being faithful to attend the Lord's house. They stop being faithful to serve in the Lord's house. And the next thing you know, they begin losing their faith. Now listen, they don't lose their salvation. If they're born again, that doesn't happen, but they lose their faith. They lose the belief that God can still use them. They, they lose the belief that God's plan is still true. I know people that used to go to church, now they don't even think it's necessary. Oh, God still loves me. I worship God on my own terms. I, my, 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 my church is I go outside on Sunday morning and I look up at the sky. Well, that's great for you, but what about the other people you're supposed to be serving? What about God's command to be faithful to church? What about that? You see? So what we need to do is not just we see them go down the street and we forget about them. We need to encourage them. Um, Dodie texted, I think it was Dodie, either Dan or Dodie texted me that Erica Schaefer, Gary and Erica Schaefer that used to attend our church, Erica's son was killed in a car accident in Alabama. Terrible. Um, I think he was in his 20s, a young man, was killed in a car accident. So I called them, I made contact with them. They need people from Grace Baptist Church to show up. You know what I mean? Gary and Erica Schaefer. To encourage them in the Lord. To confirm their souls. To exhort them to continue. Amen? We really need to do that. And listen, folks, I can't do all that myself. That's why God established the church. All of us need to contribute. All of us need to participate in this. So not only do you continue yourself, but you encourage others to continue. And how do we continue? Go back to Acts 15. I'm sorry, Acts 14. Look at verse 22. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Look, look. We've got to encourage people when life is hard. Yeah, yeah. Life is going to be hard until you go see the Lord. Life is going to be hard. But we need to continue in the faith through the hard times. We have to do that. We, we must continue. You know, I look back and I see the Hollingers. They're continuing in the Lord through the hard time. That's an encouragement to us, isn't it? When we're supposed to be a blessing to them, they're being a blessing to us. That's God's plan. Uh, Pastor Nathan preached this passage a couple of weeks ago, but let's look at it again. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We'll look at it tonight and it'll be clear. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at verse 2. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, 
It is for your consolation and salvation. What is this saying? That whether life is good or whether life is bad, it's for the benefit of other people. When God blesses me, that's so someone else can be ministered through my blessing. When I suffer, that's so someone else can be blessed and comforted by the way that I suffered. Boy, that's hard, isn't it? That is a hard thing to recognize. That when you go through trouble, when you go through trouble, people are watching the way you go through trouble. They're looking at you to see, is their faith real? I mentioned Nick Arling this morning. He has family members that are lost. If he gave up now, if he turned back now, those family members would probably say it wasn't real. It wasn't real. But when they watch them go through life, they watch them go through the ups and downs of life that everyone has, they can find out how does a believer really respond to tribulation. Look, we've got to continue in faith. We've got to have our souls confirmed. We have to continue in faith because the Bible says that through much tribulation we must enter the kingdom of God. We're going to go through it. We're going to go through it. Now look, it's not purgatory. That passage isn't talking about purgatory. Amen? It's continuing in faith. Continuing in faith doesn't have anything to do with purgatory. The Bible says, And as is it appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. There's no, in, there's no intermediate judgment. Is that right? But we're going to continue in the faith through the tribulation. Look with me at John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Look at verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Be ye of good cheer, or but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now look, this is what Jesus Christ said before the destruction of Jerusalem, before the scattering of the Jews, before the scattering of the apostles, before the tribulation that came in the first and second century under the Roman emperors, and then the persecution under the Roman Catholic Church in the Dark Ages, and then the persecution by the Protestants. All the persecution that has gone on, Jesus Christ said before that, I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. Let's read it again. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have what? Peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Sometimes illustrations are trite because they've been used so much. But I love the one of the, the painter who wanted to, picture, wanted to paint a picture of peace. And he could have painted a picture of a serene field or something, but he didn't. He pictured a storm on the sea and horrible winds and waves splashing up. But then there's this little bird sitting in this little cave in the hollow of a rock, just completely safe, completely happy. That's what peace is. In the middle of tribulation all around you, God can give you a place of peace. Now, where is that place of peace supposed to be? A couple of places. In your spirit. The Bible says that God will keep your hearts and minds. Philippians chapter 4. He will keep your, the, the peace of God will keep your hearts and minds. So in my mind and in my heart as a believer in the middle of tribulation, I'm supposed to have peace. How many of you know that that's hard? 
right? But there is supposed to be peace there, and it can happen. But what are some other components that are necessary? There needs to be peace in the church. We need not have quarreling. Now, praise God, we don't. You know, God's opened the doors. I get to travel. I'm in churches all over the country. And a lot of times it's a great situation. Other times these preachers and these churches, they're in such unbelievable turmoil. How many of you have ever been involved in a church that was full of turmoil and trouble like that? It's terrible. It's terrible. We don't have that. Praise God that there's peace here in this place. There's peace in this place. But there's a third place where there's supposed to be peace. In your homes. How can there be peace in your homes? Well, first of all, if the people in your home are saved. You know, Laura and I need to be believers. Our children need to be believers. Is that right? And then we need to live like it. I told you what Brother Sexton always said, that there's a whole lot of difference between a Christian home and a home full of Christians. There's a big difference. So it's got to begin with people being born again, but secondly, they have to behave as if they're born again. Thirdly, we've got to order our home life in such a way that there is peace. If you've got to go to a different ball field or some kind of an activity every night of the week, there's no peace there. When life is good, that's okay. When life gets hard, that can become very difficult where there's no rest, there's no peace. Be careful of how you order your schedule and you order your home. And then... And then, as far as that peace, if mom and dad are at each other's throats all the time, because none of them, neither one will submit, there's no peace in that home. And it's awful. It's awful. So there needs to be peace in the way that people behave with each other. And then, the home needs to be clean. There needs to be order. In the church house, the Bible says, let everything be done decently and in order. Do you know that the home is supposed to be that way also? That brings peace. That brings rest, doesn't it? Amen. And all the neat freaks said, Amen. Amen. How many of you are slobs like me? Would you raise your hand? You'd just admit it. You're just a slob. Amen. I married a neat freak. And so she has no peace. But man, life is great for me. It's awesome. <laughs> Look. Isn't it funny how we go from these real high and lofty ideas, continue... To clean your house. <laughs> but our faith is real. It's practical. Isn't that right? And so, if we're going to continue, if we're going to continue, if we're going to understand how to go through tribulation, then we've got to have somebody that will go back to the place of service. Amen? Just go back again. Return again to that place of service. Then we have somebody that will confirm the souls of the believers. That means we've got to have some mature believers that are encouraging someone else. We do that through discipleship, through in-reach teams, through all different methods that we have. We do that. Got to make sure that you're involved with it. Third, we've got to make sure, we've got to make sure that we are exhorting someone, to, that we're exhorting someone to continue. You know the best way to exhort somebody to continue? Say, come with me as I do it. Come with me. Come with me. That's the best way. It's fantastic to see that happen. Hey, brother, will you pray with me about this? Will you pray with me? You know, you young people, it'd be so good for you all, whether it's a group of guys or a group of girls, just to get together and pray sometimes. Just get together and pray. You guys your age, you know that you guys could get together and pray, talk to the Lord about things, pray for each other, pray for the church, pray for a friend that's not saved. You guys can do that. We need to encourage each other to continue 
in the faith. Why? Because we're going to go through tribulation. We're going to go through tribulation. Now let's go back to our text and finish this up. Acts chapter 14. <clears throat> Look at what it says in verse 26. So they have continued, they've returned, they've encouraged, they've exhorted, they've confirmed. Look at verse 26. And then sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the what? For the work which they fulfilled. Do you know what we have to get back to? you know what we have to remember? I can't guilt you into anything. The only way that God's going to use you is by His grace. You know what God is calling us to do here at Grace Baptist? To go out into this world and to do all the things that we've looked at. How are we going to do it? It has to start in the church by the grace of God. We have to do it. We have to do that. So then look at what it says. And I like this. For the work, the end of verse 26, which they, what's it say? Fulfilled. By the grace of God, let's finish. What did the Apostle Paul say later on? 2 Timothy. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Amen? He finished his work. Then look what it says in verse 27. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how He had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode a long time with the disciples. Are you planning on living with believers for the rest of your life? That's good stuff, isn't it? You know what's good? Get out into the world, minister, go out and do what God's called you to do, return to your place of service, and then we come back on a Sunday night like this and we say, look what God did. Look what God did. That's God's plan. What is that called? Continuing. Continuing. Thank you, Lord, so much for your word.